Before we get into today's broadcast, I want to let you know about a special gift I have for you. I am so excited that we are walking together through the book of Hebrews. Friends, we're going chapter by chapter, phrase for phrase, sometimes word for word. And I want to send you a Hebrews Bible journal. This would allow you to take your own sermon notes as we study together. You can journal your prayers, and I know this is going to be a great complement to your study through the book of Hebrews with us. If you go to my website, awakenedtograce.com, find the Hebrews Bible Journal link, and when you give a generous gift of any amount, then I will send you this Hebrews Bible Journal that I know is going to enrich your walk with the Lord and your study of Scripture. Welcome to Awaken to Grace. I'm Chad Roberts. Today we are in part two of a sermon called Jesus, the Purification for Sins. Friends, we're talking about the pinnacle of why Christ came to the earth. Yes, he's the radiance of God's glory. Yes, he's the exact imprint. Yes, he even upholds the universe by the word of his power. But you know the pinnacle of why he came? The pinnacle was to seek and to save that which was lost. And when he did this great work of redemption on the cross, after he presented his blood to the Father, you know what Scripture says he did, and we're going to study it all in detail today. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Friends, I'm going to show you how this phrase, the majesty on high, it's the only time in all of the Bible that this phrase is used. And friends, it is reserved solely for the Lord Jesus Christ. Not only are we going to study God's Word in depth, not only are we going to observe and we're going to acknowledge the Lordship of Christ, friends, we're going to worship deeply the Lord Jesus. I'm so glad that you're listening today. I hope you're following along in this great study of Hebrews called An Anchor for the Soul. Download my free mobile app to connect more so with it, Awakened to grace. And yes, there's fellowship, and yes, there's community, and yes, there's using your gifts, and yes, you ought to be in a place where you connect. You ought to be in a place where you click. Every church has its own personality, and you need to find one that matches your I'm not saying all those things have relevance, and all those things are true, but it doesn't trump the one reason why we gather together. We gather because of the person of Jesus Christ. No other reason. If we had come in here this morning and we said, hey, there's no coffee at the coffee bar, would you have been all right? If we had come in here today and said, no singing whatsoever today, would you have been fine with that? If we had come in and said, we're going to do one thing today, we're going to pray, would you have been all right with that? Would it have been a good church experience? Come on now, right? Oh, I'm getting on my soapbox now. 
had a big sign on the church years ago, and I bought this website domain, and I, we, we had preachingchristchurch.com, but one day I went to eat at Jersey Mike's. Anybody like Jersey Mike's? Hallelujah. It's good food. I went to eat at Jersey Mike's, and I was walking out of their door, and they had a big sticker on their uh, door, and it said, we hope you enjoyed your experience. And I said, ooh, I did enjoy my experience. <laughs> and I like that word. So I bought experiencepcc.com. And I made a big sign and put it on the building. And boy, the Holy Spirit wore me out. <laughs> Chad, people do not need to experience your church. They need to experience Christ. Amen. That's the only reason why our gatherings should truly matter. Everything else is peripheral. Christ is the center. The personhood of Jesus, he is the heir. He created the world. He is the radiance of God's glory. He is the exact imprint. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. And he himself purged our sins. Can we thank God for that today? Amen. The problem is sin. The solution is the person of Jesus no other solution exists. Number three, the purpose of his work. What was the purpose of his work? He came to purify. Now, I like this word. Now, some translations will say cleanse. I like that word. The old King James says purge. I like that word. He himself, the KJV says, purged our sins. After he made purification of what? The problem. Sins. He sat down. Now, what does it mean that he purified? I want you to go with me on a little journey for a moment. Go to Hebrews chapter 9, verse 13. I want to show you something. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 13. You know, it's alarming today. How many churches will not mention the blood of Christ? It is alarming that churches remove the word blood out of their singing. It's alarming. There's no other way for salvation. I had a pastor tell me some years ago that his church voted to no longer observe communion because... You can't do communion without talking about the shed blood of Jesus. Friends, that's a dead church. That is not a Christ-centered church. If you remove the blood out of the gospel, there is no gospel. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Did you know that the word atonement is an old covenant word? Atonement is not a New Testament word. Atonement used in the old covenant means to cover sins. Remission, which is the new covenant word, 
means to wipe it away. Christ is the Lamb of God who does what with sin? Takes away the sins of the world. Amen. Now, Hebrews 9, 13, note what it says. The blood of animals, the old covenant ceremonies, the old covenant sacrifices, they were able to cleanse only the flesh, only the bodies. In other words, only the outward. That's all that the old covenant sacrifices were able to do. In other words, it was limited, highly limited. Now, if you keep your finger there, but if you go over a chapter and you read chapter 10, here's what I encourage you to do sometime this week. Compare just the phrase we are in that after he made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Then compare that and read all of chapter 10. And when you read all of chapter 10, oh, it's going to be like a puzzle just fitting itself together, particularly verses 11, 12, 13, and 14. Particularly verse number four. What does verse four say? It says that the blood of bulls and the blood of goats, it is impossible to take away sin. But what does 12, 13, 14 say? But Christ, by his one single sacrifice, has perfected for all time the saints who are being sanctified. Amen? What the old covenant did. Now, don't. Say amen if you're with me right now. I don't want to lose you here. The old covenant that Scripture calls the shadow, the shadow of what is the reality. Christ is the reality. The Old Testament was simply shadows. It could only cleanse the outward. It could only cleanse the flesh. Do you remember what Jesus told the Pharisees? He told them that they were like a washed cup on the outside, but inside they were filthy. Remember that? Whitewashed tombs. You look good on the outside, but on the inside you're full of dead men's bones. Now look at Hebrews 9, verse 14. What the old covenant could not do. It could only cleanse the outward. The blood of Christ can do. The blood of Christ cleanses inward. The blood of Christ cleanses the conscience The blood of Christ cleanses the soul. What the old covenant was limited, the new covenant is full and complete. Friends, this is why Jesus is the final and the decisive word of God to humanity. Because the Old Testament was fragmented, but Christ is the complete revealed revelation of God. See, this is why every world religion ultimately lacks at the end of the day. Every world religion tries to cleanse the outward. Only Jesus can cleanse the inward. Do you see why this... (laughs) Do you see why the author saves this for the last? Do you see why it's the summit today? 
Yes, he's appointed heir. Yes, he's the creator. Yes, he's the radiance. Yes, he's the exact imprint. Yes, he upholds the universe. But what was the purpose of his coming? What is the pinnacle of his coming? What is the summit of all of this? The fact that he cleanses from within. Only Christ, only Christ could do such a work. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And that's why as we watch all of the forms of religion, people trying to earn forgiveness, people taking pilgrimages, people trying to find comfort, trying to ease guilt, trying to get their soul secure. No, no other place. No other place but the person of Jesus. 1 John 1.7 If we walk in the light as he is in the light, then what is the outcome of that? The last phrase of 1 John 1.7 The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sins. Amen. Friends, have you been cleansed in the blood of Jesus? We are a church who will never stop preaching the blood of Christ because there's no salvation anywhere else but the blood of Jesus. And if you are hoping for forgiveness in any other way, through any other merit, by any other means, you will never have it. Because it is only Christ that has the ability to purify, to cleanse, to purge, to take away our sins. Amen. Can we thank Jesus for his sacrifice today? Amen. So we've seen the problem. And what's the problem? The calamity of sin. We've seen the personhood of Jesus. He came. You know, I I was sharing with the marriage conference. Let me just share this for 90 seconds. I was sharing with the marriage conference in February. You know, when Adam and Eve failed, you, you know, Eve was truly deceived. You know that, right? I mean, sure, she ate us out of house and home, but that's okay. She was truly deceived. God told Adam to never eat of that tree before he created Eve. Adam was not the spiritual man. He was not the spiritual authority. He was not the spiritual leader that he should have been. Either he did not communicate that effectively to Eve. I don't know. He probably had something else on his mind. I don't know. I'm not going to judge you. Adam failed. Eve was deceived. Adam clearly rebelled. But we asked this question at the marriage conference. Adam knew that when Eve ate that fruit, that she was damned. He knew that she would die a physical death, as God said. Could it be that Adam was not willing to live for eternity without Eve? Could it be that he truly loved her that much 
that Adam was willing to become sin, to not be separated from Eve? Do you know why I think that that may have a very strong biblical footing? Because what does 2 Corinthians 5.21 teach? That for our sake, Christ who knew no sin became sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. Could it be that the first Adam sinned and failed because he didn't want to spend eternity without Eve? Could it be that Christ, because he loved us and didn't want to spend eternity without us, whereas the first Adam became sin and failed, the second Adam, Jesus, became sin and succeeded, and he redeemed us. Amen. He dealt with the calamity, with the problem that nothing else in all of creation could have ever dealt with. And that's why he's worthy of our worship today. The problem is sin. The person is Jesus. The purpose is for the purification of sin. What the blood of goats and calves could not do, what the blood of sacrificing animals could never accomplish, Hebrews 9.13, Hebrews 10.4, Christ did accomplish, Hebrews 9.14, Hebrews 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14. Now, lastly, the pinnacle. Note what it says. He sat down. Now, let's stop right there. What does that mean, he sat down? In Scripture, sitting down refers to seniority. It refers to power. It refers to position. He sat down. That, oh, remarkable. It goes back to what he said on the cross. It is finished. Sitting down is a position of power and authority. And what it says is that the work is completely done. <laughs> Do you realize that in the tabernacle and in the temple, out of all of the furniture that God provided within the tabernacle and temple itself, do you realize that there were never a chair provided? You know why? Because the work of the priest was never complete. Hebrews 10, 1, 2, and 3, the work of the priest was continuous because sin was continuous. And a priest was never allowed to sit down and rest in the temple nor the tabernacle. But yet Christ, after it is finished, after he completed this great work, after he offered his blood to the Father, what does it say? He sat down. In other words, it's done. It's completely finished. Amen. Oh, I love chapter 10. I believe verse 14. It says that by his one sacrifice, we have been, we who are being sanctified, are being, that's an ongoing process. We who are being sanctified, he has already perfected. Oh my goodness. Already perfect. Friends, the work is already done. It's already accomplished. If you're someone that you're constantly trying to be saved, no, let me tell you, Christ already did it. Amen. Rest in his work, not your work. Christ did the work and it's perfected and it's accomplished and it is finished. He sat down. Where did he sit down? At the right hand. 
Exodus chapter 15, verse 6, teaches that the power and the authority of God are in his right hand. And what does it say of Jesus? He sat down at the right hand. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, there are a couple of times we see Christ getting up from his seat. We see when Stephen was stoned. Do you remember what Stephen said that he saw? He saw the Lord Jesus standing. I believe Jesus gave Stephen a standing ovation. Welcome in. You know what else we see Jesus standing? Before the throne in Revelation 5. He stood as a lamb that was slain. Why does it say he stood? Because, friends, he's resurrected. He's alive forevermore. He ever lives to make intercession for us. Amen. And lastly, we see him standing when he's going to return in the clouds to come get his church. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. And lastly, I'll note this, at the majesty on high. Now, this is fascinating in the original text of the Bible, in the Greek. This is a compound word, and it's found only here, nowhere else in the scriptures. And do you know what it means? The majesty on high. It means the highest, most conceivable exaltation. It is the highest of all heights, and it's reserved. And it belongs to Jesus. Why? Because he's been given a name above every name. This text alone destroys the argument that Christ was simply a good teacher. That Christ was simply a good prophet. That Christ was simply a mere man. It destroys that argument. No, my friends. Christ is the radiance of the glory of God. The pinnacle of his coming was to purge your sins. Has he done that for you today? Are you looking to any other hope, looking by any other means, looking in any other way for your eternal salvation? Any other place apart from the blood of Christ? Friends, you won't find it. You'll be found wanting. Has the blood been applied to you? Read Hebrews 10. As they sprinkled the blood on the mercy seat, on the Ark of the Covenant, as they sprinkled the blood, it atoned for sin. When Christ sprinkled his blood in heaven, one sacrifice forever for all time never to be needed to be repeated again cleansed us have you been washed in that blood have you washed your robes in the blood of the lamb or are these all these stains of sin that nothing else will ever remember Jesus, will you help us see the problem of sin? We will not weep for our sins until we see them.
Will you give us eyes to see sin's calamity? And the things that we justify, the things that we sweep under the rug, the things that we okay when it's not okay, will you open our eyes to the calamity of our sin? Will you show us the person of Jesus? Will you show us who you truly are? You are the Savior. You are the Redeemer. Will you show us, God, your purification? Will you show us how you came to purge the sin out of our lives, to truly cleanse us, not outwardly as church would do, not outwardly as religion would try to do, but inwardly no human being has the ability to see, let alone heal, let alone save. God, would you cleanse us from within? Thank you so much for listening to our broadcast today. I did want to take just a moment and mention our store. If you go to our website, awakenedtograce.com, just navigate to the store page and you're going to find music by all of our awakened artists and plenty of books by Pastor Chad. Also, while you're on the website, you can view Pastor Chad's story about his blindness and what the Lord is doing through him through Awakened to Grace and through our church, Preaching Christ Church. Thank you so much for joining us today on Awakened to Grace.